Good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion on this fourth Sunday of Advent, in which we get together together this morning and receive the Savior of the world in word and sacrament. And as we continue to anticipate the great celebration, we will enjoy later tonight when we celebrate the Nativity of our Lord. So before we begin our worship, just a few things to share with you. First, there is a typo in the bulletin, so committee chairs, your annual reports are needed by the 31st of December, not January, so make sure you get those in. Also, newsletter articles are due today so that we can get the newsletter out this week, so if you have anything for the newsletter, make sure to get that in. Um, Also, a reminder that our annual congregational meeting will be on January 14th following worship, so plan to attend that meeting. Uh, But then, of course, tonight uh, for our worship, music will begin at 1030 and our service will begin at 11. So we hope to see everyone there as we as we celebrate. And of course, the the sanctuary will be beautiful and candlelit and uh, will be a lovely service. So if you can, please, please plan to worship with us tonight. Uh, One prayer request Gloria Grant was in the hospital earlier this week, so I believe she's home now, so we will lift her up in prayer. Uh, But then the service today, of course, it is a service of Holy Communion. A communion will be in a continuous style up the middle aisle and in a line, so just so you know. Uh, Any other prayer requests that you have or any announcements you have for the congregation? Well, if not, I will invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left to men. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may abide the world and we walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Take away the hindrance of our sins and make us ready for the celebration of your birth, that we may receive you in joy and serve you always. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. A reading from Second Samuel. Now when David the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from the following the sheep, to be the prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Wherever the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house, your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. The word of the Lord. We will intone the psalm.
reading from Romans. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed. And through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Christmas is full of miracles. It's full of God acting in this world in ways in which we could never fully rationally understand. Christmas, of course, celebrates the greatest miracle, the incarnation. God and humanity are joined together because God's Son takes on human nature And so the one who brought all of creation into existence becomes a little person in a woman's womb. He is born, he's wrapped up, and he's placed in a manger for a crib. And he will experience all the normal human experiences for himself. And Christmas also celebrates the miracle that a virgin conceives and gives birth. Of 
course, we all know that the laws of nature will not allow this. It is, by any rational scientific understanding, not possible for a virgin to bear a child. Yet that is exactly what we celebrate. In the fourth Sunday of Advent, in this text of the angel Gabriel's annunciation to Mary, these promises are given to Mary, these miracles. But the text itself celebrates a miracle that we ought not to overlook. This text celebrates the miracle of faith. Now I say that phrase, miracle of faith, and I think it sounds a little sappy and a little sentimental. The miracle of faith sounds like a title of a movie you might watch on Hallmark Channel this time of year. But be that as it may, faith in the Christian tradition is a miracle. And Mary's faith here in Luke chapter 1 is nothing short of miraculous. Think of all that is said to Mary in this short minute that the angel visits her. First, the angel tells this young peasant girl, this girl who is from a small insignificant town smaller than Lafayette called Nazareth, that she is a favored one and that the Lord is with her. And we're told already that she is perplexed by this greeting. She thinks, how can I, how can I, nobody special, be favored by God? How is it that an angel is greeting me like this? Right, and we can imagine Mary going about her day, doing her work. We can picture the scene. And as Mary, perhaps she was cleaning, preparing food, gathering water, whatever regular mundane chores she was doing from day to day, and suddenly this great angel comes to her and greets her with a lofty title, favored one. Already, this must have been a lot to accept. But then the heavenly messenger gets to the heart of his message. The angel delivers God's promise that Mary, a virgin, would conceive a son, and that this son will reign over Israel forever, that his kingdom will have no end, that the child will be called the Son of God. And what is Mary thinking in this moment? Who could possibly believe all of this? Our people in the ancient world were not dumb. They were quite intelligent. And Mary almost certainly had to immediately know there was no possible rational explanation for the message that she had just received. And surely the difficult thing for Mary here is not just the faith to believe that God could do something supernatural, that God performs miracles. Of course Mary believed that. It's almost a trifling thing to believe at this point. But the difficult thing to believe is that God was going to do such great things. Great things for Mary, great things for the people of Israel. All of the promises, all of the goods which the people of Israel had waited for thousands of years to receive were going to come true in that very moment. And it was going to happen through a poor virgin who would have been overlooked by the whole world. All of the promises of God were coming true. And God was going to use this little girl for his miracle. And this is why we can call this the miracle of faith. Because none of us really comes to believe the good news of what God is doing, except when the Holy Spirit opens our hearts to receive the gospel. Because the good news of what God is doing 
ought to be so astounding to us is it defies rational explanation. It defies what we think we know about the world. And so what we see in Luke chapter 1 is that Mary's heart is opened. We tend to think that people love the preaching of the gospel. We tend to think that everyone just wants to hear good news and that people will just flock to it. But this isn't really true. In general, people more readily believe in bad news than good news. And like Mary, people are often very perplexed when they first hear good news. And we know this in church too. It's true that most people have a hard time putting their faith in the gospel. And so like the angel's message to Mary, the preaching of the gospel can be difficult to believe. We proclaim that God's word has been made flesh, has taken our sins from us, has redeemed us, and has given us eternal life, and we don't do a single thing to earn it. We don't have to straighten out our lives first. We don't have to pay something. We don't have to spend a few centuries in purgatory to work off our sins. We don't even have to show up to church every week. We don't have to be nice to people. We don't have to do anything because it's given to us. And then we're baptized, and God's very name is given to us, and we're called his child forever. And we're given this promise that when God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. And when God sees you, he doesn't see the sinner that you know you are, but he sees a son or a daughter. And people have a hard time believing this, although they don't always say it. Often people will say something like, God forgives me, but I don't know if I can forgive myself. And they beat themselves up. Or they feel like they have to earn something with God or they have to prove their faith to the world. But the truth is, forgiving yourself isn't a difference maker. What matters is what God has done for you. That's the good news. It does not matter if you look in the mirror and see a sinner. It does not matter if your neighbor looks at you and sees a sinner. That's not what God sees. Because by faith, God gives you his son. He gives you his son's righteousness. And so when God sees you, he sees Christ. And so for Mary, it does not matter that she looks down at herself and she sees a peasant girl. God looks at her and sees a favored one. And to begin to see as God sees is nothing short of a miracle. Because to see what God sees means we have to close our eyes and we have to trust in the message that's being preached to us. Just as Mary has to close her eyes and believe what the angel preaches to her, we have to set aside rational explanations of what we think we know. We have to ignore every voice in us and around us that says, there's no way that can possibly be true. And we put simple trust into God's word and confess with Mary, let it be with me according to your word. By faith, Mary received the word that would become the Christ child in her womb. Likewise, we receive the same word that reigns in our hearts by faith. We trust it. We don't rationally have to make it work. We don't need equations and experiments to prove that Christ has come to us. We just believe it. We put our trust in it. 
And this, by the work of the Holy Spirit, is what makes a Christian. It's trust. Now as we look to Christmas, as we look to our celebration, we must look with the eyes of faith. Because the child in the manger is the Christ child. He is the Savior of the world. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But when we look closely with the eyes of faith, we don't just see the Christ child. We see the Christ child for us. This is the one who has come to save you. Yes, he has come to bear the sins of the whole world, but he has come to bear your sins. This is the child given unto you. The miracle of faith in Luke chapter 1 is the miracle that Mary realizes this single most important truth in her life, that her son has come for her. We know that usually a mother lives for her child. The mother gives her body, gives her time, gives her heart, gives everything she has to nourish, to nurture, and love her child. But the miracle of Luke 1, the miracle of the Christmas story, is what Mary knows. That Mary knows that her son has come to live for her. Her son has come to die for her. Her son has come to give his body for her salvation. Her son will make her a true daughter of God. Her son will make that proclamation that she is favored by God to be true, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Her son has come for her. And through the miracle of faith this morning, we believe that Christ has come for us. Amen.
together we stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally God and the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord our God, nothing is impossible with you. Grant us faith to believe your word and follow the example of your servant Mary to receive the miraculous gift of your Son, our Emmanuel. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal God, your word has been sent forth into the world to the joy and building up of your holy people. Encourage, comfort, and strengthen all who hear it. Grant faith to those who do not know you, both here and abroad, that all peoples may sing to your name and extol your goodness. By the power of the Holy Spirit, fill all who hear your word with joy and peace in believing. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord our God, bless all bishops, pastors, and ministers in your church, that like the angel Gabriel, they may be faithful messengers of your good news. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord our God, let your favor rest upon all pregnant women and mothers of young children, that they may rejoice in the blessing of new life you give. And with your promises, comfort those who have experienced the loss of a child and who grieve in this season. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of lords, by the reign of your Son, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Raise up true Davids among us to govern our land in faithfulness and in humble strength to do your will. And especially give strength, health, and wisdom to our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, uphold Linda and Ardith, John, Tammy, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Steve, Nancy, Dwight, Jim, Max, Jane, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Jan, Gloria, and all who suffer in mind or body. Give them the knowledge of Christ who is with them in their trials. Grant them health and healing according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. 
O Lord our God, give us joy that as surely as your son was conceived in the blessed Virgin Mary at your word, so he comes to abide in us also at your word in the blessed sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. O God, you make us glad when the yearly remembrance of the birth of your son comes to us. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our redeemer, we may with sure confidence behold him when he comes again to be our judge. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence. In Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, 
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy One, the beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your Son, Jesus, the Word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us, bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people, fill us with your light, and bring the gift of peace on earth. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
benediction. I invite you to stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.